Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Resilient Woman, the weekend. Are you girls excited? Getting excited? I'm already excited for our men's weekend next year in June, man. Don't miss it. If you missed it, you missed it. But I've missed you, by the way. Just want to let you know. Uh, I don't know if I remember to preach anymore. It's been about four weeks or so. Hopefully I'll be okay. <clears throat> Am I loud today? Ella was like, you're always loud, brother. Come on, can we stand to our feet as we get ready for the Word? Are you ready for the Word? How many brought some faith today? How many love that beautiful new song we've been doing in our church? Man, so rich, uh, just in theology. and It's just awesome. Praise God. Hey, uh, I just want to say, before I get into the talk, um, part of the go of our church is us serving. I'm excited just to hear on the video. We're striving to meals to those who need it overseas. I believe that's partnered with the Dominican Republic. And, and so part of the go of us doing that is serving in places. And one of our teams just went to, uh, where'd they go? Michigan. Another team's going to be going to Dominican Republic again. And uh, just a, a lot of go about our church. So let me read a passage of scripture to you. It was our theme verse for the entire year. I mean, man, it's five months to go. Then it's New Year, John Porres. Just seven months already, Lucy. What is going on? Have you noticed the time goes quick? Older I get, time goes quicker. You don't get it if you're young in here, but you'll get it one day. You're like, time goes quick. Anyway, John 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you would go. Someone say go. And bear fruit. Someone say bear fruit. Slap your neighbor and say, that's you. And that your fruit, not fruity, but your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He may give you. Say this with me. I believe God made me, loves me, has a plan for my life in 2022. I declare, I stand in the grace of the cross. I walk by faith. I abound in love. I seek wisdom. I'm a joy bringer. Come on, say that with a smile on your dial. I'm a joy bringer. Wherever I go, Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Holy Spirit, anoint me by your power today. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Oh God, I'm going to talk, do the rest. And so I ask Holy Spirit for your fresh anointing and faith and love and grace to just surround people and inject people. God, let hope get on the inside. As my wife was saying, let great expectation 
get on the inside. Help us not be those Christians who have 10 and 20% full, but we're overflowing with faith and overflowing with joy and overflowing with wisdom. God, teach us. We're nothing without you. So in Jesus' name, bless your people as they hear it. Bless every person as they would perhaps watch online. Bless our kids in our kids' space. In the mighty name of Jesus and the Church Alive said, Amen and Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand one more time. In the house of God, praise God, praise God. Hey, grab your seat, turn to your neighbor, tell them you look like you lost weight. This um, production team, this feels a tiny bit loud for me. I feel like, I, I don't know if that's the deal, but if you can lower it just a tiny bit for me. Did someone throw a pen at me? I left, I, I didn't preach for like three weeks and people throwing stuff at me. I don't know what happened in this church when I was gone, but uh, anyway, <laughs> praise God, praise God, can't make this up, can you? You ever been to the beach and you see those people uh, that they didn't put the umbrella in the sand deep enough? You just... <laughs> Like you're just next to them and there goes their umbrella. You're like, there it goes. You ever been one of those people? Ever, ever been one of those people? You're the lazy people, didn't dig it deep enough. You're like, it's fine. It's fine. And you always notice that the, the ocean, it changes pretty quickly. The wind blows and it gusts happen and all kinds of stuff. I was at the beach uh, recently and this person, I was just seeing their umbrella just kind of tumbling down another time, actually a couple months ago, I was at a beach and I literally was walking to the beach and literally the umbrella was just coming towards me. And then I got the umbrella and then I could see this dazed and confused person walking towards me and I could tell, have you got it? Someone say, dig deeper. Come on, say, dig deeper. Um, life has a way of blowing us to places we don't often want to be, but the Word of God is that thing that you and I don't just need to hear it sometimes. Someone say sometimes. We don't just need to hear it sometimes. We actually need to dig a little deeper and make sure that when the wind blows and when things come against us, that we are protected from the sun. You ever been to the beach and just like, it's just too much sun? Like sometimes, especially white people, we do this. We're just like, oh my gosh, it's too much. My daughter will be in the water sometimes. She loves being in the water. She'll be playing with friends. She'll play all day. But if she's just hanging out in the, in the sand and it's like an hour long and two hours long, she starts to get that look in her face like, it's too much sun. It's too much sun. And I found that the Word of God is that protector for our skin. It protects our soul. It, if, if you're a frustrated Christian, there's a reason for it. You're feeling like you're tired and just spent. There's a reason for it. My wife and I had this conversation every once in a while. Uh, she'll say, babe, what are you talking about this weekend? Like, it'll be Saturday. She's like, what are you talking about tomorrow? And sometimes I'm ready. Sometimes I'm like, I know, I'm talking about this, talking about this, talking about this. It's going to be awesome. Sometimes it's still work in progress still percolating in my soul. It's still stewing. It's like, it's like, ever seen marinating meat? It's not ready yet. And she'll ask me, what are you talking about tomorrow? I'm like, it's not ready yet. 
It's marinating. I'm thinking about it. I'm praying for it. God is, and I'll stay up late. I'll get up really early and don't worry. By nine o'clock, I'll be ready. But sometimes she'll ask me, what are you talking about? And, and sometimes I'll answer like, you know, kind of faith. She doesn't like that answer, kind of. I don't know why every once in a while I say that. Hey, where are you going? I'm kind of going to the gym. Where are you going or not? And words just come in our vocabulary sometimes, like, that make you seem unsure. You're like, what's your name? Oh, it's kind of Anthony. That's confusing, isn't it? It is. But I, I was having this conversation with her, and she was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, I feel like the Lord's put in my heart that I should talk about joy. And she said this phrase that made me want to think more about what I was talking about. She was like, uh, joy can be selfish. Was, on the inside, I was kind of like, no, I can't. No, I'm going to preach about joy and it's going to be awesome. She's like, it's kind of selfish. And what it made me do, actually, the conversation was that it made me want to go a bit deeper in joy and actually study what the scriptures really, really talk about on joy and it, it made me just not want to give you a couple of cute scriptures on joy because I've been reading Philippians and Paul is all about joy, even though he's not in a joyful place. But it made me want to kind of give us a greater comprehension of joy so that we're not just walking out of church going, I'm going to be joyful because I'm a Christian, but actually understand that we are called to be joy bringers. But sometimes the process is not always joyful. But at the end of the day, God actually wants to use your life and my life to bring joy and to carry joy somewhere. And really that comes out of the purposes of God. Are you with me? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, the famous passage of Scripture. There's been songs sung about this one. Rejoice in the Lord always. Someone say always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice means to glory. It means to exalt. It means to jubilate. It actually is quite expressive. It's rejoice. You ever met people and they, they only smile on the inside? Paul is not talking about that. He actually says your rejoicing needs to be external. And actually sometimes it needs to be stirred, I have found. He says you're going to rejoice. You're not just going to rejoice Again, I say to you, rejoice, like get loud about it. Exercise faith, exercise thanksgiving, exercise your tongue so that God actually hears you. I heard a message so good recently and it tied to our relationship with God. And um, How many are married in here? So, uh, put your hands up, okay. How many know that there's certain things that your wife likes that you don't like? But if you are wise, you'll do them anyway. How many know, ladies, there's, there's some things that your husband likes that you don't like? Got really quiet on that. <laughs> but if you want a good marriage, it's, it's not just, I just do what I want to do. I'm, I'm actually going to serve him and serve one another so that we're both happy. Not just 50% of us is happy. And so in our relationship with God, one of the things God actually wants you to do is exercise your mouth and exercise your hands and bring Him a rejoicing spirit. 
He's like, but I, I'm more of a quiet person. He's like, I don't care. You need it. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. One other translation says, be full of joy always because you belong to the Lord. Again, I say, be full of joy. Here's what I believe about the work of God in you. The work of God in you will produce massive joy in others. Let me say that again. Here's what I believe about this church. One of the assignments of this church is to bring massive joy in others. I wanna take you to a joy bringer. His name is Nehemiah. Um, he could perhaps be classified as the greatest joy bringer in Scripture. We're gonna take a look at a text of Scripture. It's a little bit of a long one. Hope that's okay if we read the Bible today. Is that okay? Okay, just checking. For <clears throat> Even if you said no, I wouldn't care, but I just wanted to check. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse eight says this. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear. Someone say, make it clear, preacher making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, this day is holy, someone say holy, holy. to the Lord your God, do not mourn or weep. It's kind of a opposite picture of often what we think of holiness actually is he's like, hey, stop crying, stop weeping. This is holy because often we think holy is quiet and reverent and just like subdued. But he literally kind of rattles our cage a little bit here. And he says this, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. You gotta understand this context of scripture. Nehemiah has done most of the work with the people of God and they have actually restored the walls of Jerusalem and they are weeping because they understood the word of God and they are weeping because they understood that they had actually been a people blessed by God but then God had taken his hand off their life and the reason they were not blessed was their fault. So they were weeping and they're like, my goodness, it's actually our fault and it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing time. And then verse 10 says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food. Someone said choice food. Someone say sweet drinks. This is like, some of you are like, I can do this one. Um, I can leave church today, be obedient to God right here. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This is why it's so important we're generous. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites calmed all the people saying, be still for this is a holy day, do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink and to send portions of food and to celebrate with how much joy? Great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them on the second day of the month. The heads of all the families along with the priests and the Levites gathered around Ezra the teacher to give attention, someone say attention to the words of the law they found written in the law which is the lord uh, which the lord had commanded through moses that the israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month and that they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in jerusalem go into the hill country and bring back back branches from olive and wild olive trees and from myrtles and palms and shade trees to make temporary shelters as it is written 
Let me explain this just for a second because it's important. They're talking about the Feast of Tabernacles. Someone say the Feast of Tabernacles. They are about to restore what is considered the greatest of all the feasts. And the Feast of Tabernacles was a continual reminder and remembrance to the people of God that when God came down to Moses and he gave him the pattern of the tabernacle, that he literally showed him how to build it and then he builds it. And then the presence of God comes and literally lives in the tent. They called it the tent of meeting and they would wander around Egypt, sorry, they would wander around the desert and God himself in a tabernacle would be with them. And then they were not just reminded that God was with them, they were also reminded that they used to literally live in tents and they would wander around a desert. So here's kind of weird. You're in the promised land, you've got homes, and one day, or sorry, one week per year, you had to go get a tent, get palm trees, make this fake little house, and literally sit in there for seven days and have a party and be festive and say, remember how God's presence was with us and remember how God brought us to this incredible land. God was big on not allowing them to forget where they came from. Let me say that again. God was big on, a, on not allowing them to forget where they came from. Isn't it easy to forget where you come from? Isn't it easy to forget how blessed you are? Isn't it easy to go, oh, well, life isn't going right for me. And yet we'll walk into air-conditioned homes and we'll drive cars. And my daughter said to me the other day, Daddy, when you were growing up with their cars, I was like, I was offended at that. I'm not that old. But it made me think to myself in the history of mankind, there's only been cars for like 120 years. And it was a great feast. And then Jesus is the fulfillment of that feast. Emmanuel, God is with us. Now here's what the Bible says, verse 16. So the people went out and they brought back branches and built themselves temporary shelters on their own roofs, in their courtyards, in the courts of the house of God, and in the square by the water gate and the one by the gate of the Ephraim. And the whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters. That's why, man, we're going to go 252 the weekend and you're not going to live in your house. Just kidding. That's not why we're doing it, but it's going to be a good time anyway. I don't want to hear from anyone that I just only do air conditioning. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Their joy was what? Their joy was what? Their joy was great. It wasn't just great, it was very great. And they just had this party and that good food and that sweet drink and they literally hung out and they did dancing. And I'm not talking like J-Lo and Beyonce dancing, but I'm just talking that they're dancing and having a good time. See, the work of Nehemiah was a restorer of massive joy. Now let's go to where Nehemiah starts. In Nehemiah chapter one, verse four, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. And you're like, wait a second, Anthony, you're talking about joy. Yes, I'm talking about joy, but I'm sometimes, what I'm, what I'm convinced of is that the work of God in you has to go deeper so that you're not just concerned with your happiness 
but other people's joy. And he mourns and he cries and he literally, he, he fasts and he prays. And he is in a comfortable position. He is literally in another land and he's the, he's the wine bringer and he's, the, he's a, in a trusted position and he's in a comfortable place. And if you're a slave, this is the job you want because there could be a whole lot worse. But he hears about the state of Israel and the state of the people of God and he mourns and he cries and he prays. Again, I just want to say this. Sometimes... God's work in you isn't surface level joy. It's deep sorrow and even pain. But later comes joy, not just for you, but for other people. It's so important that we get that. He is called to be a joy bringer, but the first thing God does is break his heart. His result of his ministry, his discipleship, his leadership was to restore joy. But the first thing God does is break his heart. See, without a broken heart for the purposes of God, the land of comfort seems so much more attractive, doesn't it? The place of ease and comfort can be so alluring to us. Now watch this now, I love this prayer. In Nehemiah 1 verse 11, he says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah 2 verse 1 says this, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. Let me take a sip of water and I can say that right. Xerxes, yeah. <clears throat> it's funny, my tongue won't say it. When wine was brought before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. And I had not been standing in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad? And you are not ill. This can be nothing but sadness of heart. And I was very much afraid. He was a joy bringer. But at first... Actually, I, I need you to kind of come along this journey that he, it's a roller coaster. Feel this. Someone say mourning and sorrow. He actually starts like this, mourning and sorrow. Then he prays and now he gets determined and hopeful. And now all of a sudden he's anxious and afraid. Nehemiah 2 verse 8, and because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. Literally, Nehemiah literally walked up to the king and said, hey, can you let me go and go serve my people? And oh, by the way, I need about $20 million. It's one thing if you ask your boss, hey, can I go on vacation? But can I go on vacation? And can you pay for it all? Oh, and by the way, I just want to go and fix like 100 homes. He's like, cool, here's a check, 20 mil. How many know when, when the king gives you a check? The equivalent of 20 or 30 million dollars, you are now not afraid. You've got a little pop in your step, you got a little skip in your step, like anything is possible with God. Now he's got relief because he's not dying. 
and he's got exhilaration because he knows God is with him. Nehemiah 2, verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned by fire. It's a leadership talk. He's gathered his team. He's like, we're about to do this thing right now. He says, come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Someone say a good work. Someone say begin the good work. How many know when you begin a good work, you're hopeful you're encouraged, you're rejoicing. Does anyone else see and feel the roller coaster of broken heart, of hopeful and purpose is starting to fill his soul? And now he stands before a king and he's afraid and he asks for supersized cash and he gets it. And now he's full of faith and he goes to Jerusalem and he stands in front of a bunch of people and like, yeah, let's do this thing right now. And they actually begin working and they start to build the wall and it's kind of like hopeful and encouraged. Like, yeah, God's with us. Verse 19. But when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They asked, are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. You kind of feel like he's feeling attacked. You kind of feel like he's getting triggered. He's not feeling attacked. He is being attacked. They literally want to kill him. The workers actually have to have, have a tool for work and a tool actually for death in one hand and one in the other hand. And he's gone through this emotion of feeling anxious and then hopeful and then encouraged and then like attacked. And you're like, where's the joy, Jesus? And he has to choose joy even when he's attacked you have to choose joy even when he's feeling fear he has to choose courage even when he doesn't feel like it and here's the truth of the Christian life God's called you to be a joy bringer to people but sometimes you have to deal with some deeper issues so that true joy can actually come to a marriage or true joy can actually come to some people and you have to actually get a broken heart and say God use me for your purpose, even if everyone doesn't get it. I was reading something was posted by Sean Feck recently. He's a worship leader that's kind of been known all over the country. Around 2020, he was the guy that was doing basically worship services all throughout the place. And a lot of the media were like, you're a super spreader and you shouldn't be worshiping Jesus outside. And every, every CNN and MSNBC and all these kinds of places were literally calling this guy a super spreader. And, and then he decided, you know what? There's so much moral corruption in our land. I'm actually gonna get in politics. And, and he just posted something on Instagram the other day. He said, I just wanna share with you the emails and the DMs that I get every single day from people literally saying, I wanna kill you. I hope you die, you're the worst, you're a bigot, you're this, you're that. And I was looking at it and reading it and I'm like, Sean Beck, like the worship dude, the dude with the long hair, looks like a surfer dude and plays the guitar and sing. Like people just wanna email him and text him every day and kill him. And it's like, yeah, yeah. 
Because he's rebuilding a wall. Because he's stepped out in courage, because he's actually not just saying God is in control, but he's actually like, oh, I'm actually called to do something about it. Do you know that too many Christians would literally look at Nehemiah and the situation and say, you know what? Just remember, God's on the throne. God, hey, hey, who's going to fix it? What happens in education and politics and all that kind of stuff? Don't worry, God's on the throne. But God was asking Nehemiah to get off his next to the throne position and actually place himself in danger and actually step into an uncomfortable, very dangerous situation and speak truth and build the purposes of God. And it wasn't good enough to just say God's on the throne because God's always on the throne. Pastor Anthony, if your church is going to grow, God's on the throne. You're right, but I have to preach. (laughs) Pastor Anthony, if God wanted you to have another building, God will give it to you. No, God's on the throne, but He leads people to give. God's, Pastor Anthony, you don't need a prayer meeting because God's on the throne. No, you need a prayer meeting to hear God and actually stay attentive to God and so that He will pour out refreshing and His Spirit on you and so that you get out of your lazy boy chair and you start acting and doing stuff that you are called to do. God's always on His throne, but I need some Christians who are willing to forsake their comfort, their pleasure and say, can I be a joy bringer for the long term, for the eternal purposes of God? Nehemiah chapter 6, sorry, sit down, sit down. I've still got five minutes and 52 seconds left. You know, Helen Keller said this, if there were only joy in the world, we would never discover courage and passion. Hear that again, if there were only joy in the world, we would never discover, uh, we would never discover courage or patience. Nehemiah 6 verse 15, so on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated and they realised this work had been done. Well, it's now with the help of our God. With the help. How do you raise leaders? work towards it with the help of our God how do you disciple transform men and and women how do you do it you actually do the work and with the help of our God how do you worship team bring the presence of God you actually work your gift with the help of our God how do you create an environment of faith in our kids church and youth ministry how do you do it you do it by work with the help of our God One sows, another plants, but God causes the increase. How are we gonna help people grow in this remainder of 2022 with the help of our God? It's gonna take some work, isn't it, Kieran? I was was thinking, man, I, I, I love Kieran. I love his heart for other people, but I don't know many people that work probably harder than Kieran at trying to help other men get in the right environment 
because they've lived too long in the wrong environment. Shout out to guys like Pastor Fernando. Shout out to guys like Carlo who keep doing the work. Do the work with the hand of God upon your life. Someone walked up to me after one of the men in our church who's a praying man and he's like, Pastor Anthony, this was last Tuesday in men's prayer and he said, man, I'm, I'm stepping into the school board and, and I'm trying to just kind of make a difference there and he has no idea how much that encouraged me. Because we don't just say God's on the throne and He's gonna handle it. You're like, no, God's on the throne so He's sending me. God's on the throne so He's sending me. The Father was on the throne and what did He do? He sent Jesus to the world so that the eternal joy could be greater. And the true job of a Christian is to live in the joy of God in the high times, the good times, the middle of the road times. And sometimes in the bad times, you've got to exercise, rejoice. Don't even feel like it, rejoice. Oh, I don't want to come to church today, but I rejoice. I told my face to get happy. You know what I'm saying? You ever tell your face, tell your face to get happy. But I have found time and time again that joy comes when I exercise thankfulness and I exercise prayer. And I exercise here now, hear me now, focusing on the right thing. Let me go a tiny bit deeper. You know sometimes why some Christians don't have joy? They're like Nehemiah. They got asked to go somewhere. They stayed. They stayed comfortable and they stayed complacent. And they go, no, 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 no. I'm in this really good position, Lord. I wouldn't want to stretch. You know what? I'll pray about it a little bit more. He's like, no, 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 I need you to go. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to pray about it for the next two years and see if God wants me to serve on the greeting team. And <laughs> I, I'm going to pray about it for two years and see if the Lord wants me to. Serve on the kids' team. You don't have to pray about it for two years. God does a better job just moving you in the right direction when you're moving. I tried to move on the worship team. They moved me off. They, they just, I, I was just like, come on, can I do the drums, Jack? He's like, he's like no, you can't. But I moved and then they moved me. <laughs> we, we need moving Christians. We need moving Christians. Our church is called to go. So go home and bring joy. Go home and bring joy. Go to work and bring joy. You know, the, the other thing I've... Have you ever over-spiritualized stuff? I have. Over-spiritualizing stuff is like... You know, Scripture says that in the presence of the Lord is joy. Like, you know, I just need to get in His presence, I need to get alone. I just need to listen to worship, I need to have the team play, I just, just, just the Lord. No, I'm a presence of God. God, I love the presence of God. Um, but here's what's so interesting in Nehemiah. They literally go, go home, eat really good food, drink really good drink, dance, go hang out with people. 
which means joy wasn't just found in God's presence, joy was found in God's people. Joy wasn't just found in us staring at the back of one another's heads. Joy was actually found in us looking at one another's faces and seeing someone smile and bringing joy to them. That's why, listen, I love technology. Technology is great, but the danger of technology is you're watching other people live instead of living. You want a revival of joy? Bring back hospitality. Right? Just invite people over. Like, I got no one to invite. Invite someone. Find someone homeless. You got no one. He'll eat your food. Bring him a Sprite. I don't know. Here's some sweet drink. Maybe diet if you want to. It's diet. It's worse for you, but whatever. How do you go and bring joy? Let me say this as I close. Allow God to do a deep work in your heart. Because I'm not just to have superficial joy, I'm actually to be a bringer of joy. And I actually think one of the things that our transform groups have done has actually brought more joy. But first he had to break my heart for the state of men. Joy goes with God. Joy goes with God. So I know this, if I'll go with God, I will have more joy. But sometimes along that journey, I'll feel fear. I'll be afraid. I feel like I'm disappointed. You know, Nehemiah was disappointed in some nobles. He was disappointed in some leaders. He yelled at them one day. He literally was like, you guys suck. He got mad. He literally was like, you guys are the worst. And they didn't have anything to say. But here's the funny thing. He still brought joy. So I just pray that our church would be a church that goes deep as possible so that we can bring as much joy as possible. Come on, close your eyes. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your people. I thank you where they're at. I thank you that some of them are sitting in the courts of Nehemiah and you've told them to go, I pray for them to have courage to go and just do that thing that you've called them to do. I pray for many who are working and I pray for many who are building and I pray that you just anoint them with perspective that they would see that they are building what you are calling them to build. And I pray against every assignment of the enemy that would distract them or to literally speak words of shame and defeat and what you're doing is, is not working. In the name of Jesus, cut off every assignment of the enemy in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that our church would be known as a church that brings joy. Doesn't mean everyone agrees with it, but I pray we'd be bringers of joy. We We'd carry your joy, the good news of the gospel. And Lord, like Jesus, we'd step from the comfortable place to the uncomfortable place to bring joy to people. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just reminded in this moment. I want everyone to stand to their feet. I want us in an attitude of prayer. I'm just reminded in this moment of a message I heard this week at a conference. There's so many people in America 
So many people around the world are dealing with anxiousness and depression. And if that's you today, I just want to pray for you quickly. You don't even need to raise your hand, but just, just an attitude. You just open your hands to heaven as a sign of just say, Jesus, work in my heart. Father, in Jesus' name right now, I ask Holy Spirit that you would pour out your oil of joy over people in Jesus' name where there's, where there's places of captivity in their soul because of wounds or brokenness or any other thing. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would heal and Lord, you would break the power of the things that would bind them so that they would be released this day in a greater future and greater blessing in the name of Jesus. And they would not be self-focused, but they would be anointed to be other people focused in a healthy, healthy way. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name. While eyes are closed all across this place. Maybe you came in this place and I, I think our song said it so beautifully. This is our faith. Our faith is in the person of Christ. He lived, He died, He rose from the dead. He literally is the bridge between the Father and humanity. There's no other bridge. Other people claim to be the bridge, but no one stepped out of a tomb. We put our faith in the person of Christ who, who died on a cross, who, who shed His blood so that we would literally be forgiven and, and be called sons of the living God. We are all sinners. That's the reason why the world is so broken. We are sinners in need of forgiveness, in need of a Savior. But Jesus came along and says, Father, I pay the price for them so that they might know You and walk in Your purpose. The Scriptures say in John 10, 10, I have come that You might have life and have it more abundantly. Maybe you're in this place today and you have never yet placed your faith in the person of Christ, giving Him lordship and ownership of your life. Lordship means He's the boss. I'm literally coming and surrendering and I'm saying, Jesus, be the boss. Forgive me. I need You. I need Your forgiveness and I need Your abundant life in my life. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to walk with You on this earth. I, I want to follow You for the rest of my days. If that is you today, we're going to pray a prayer in a moment and let that prayer be the simple door to access heaven. Come on, can we pray this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you. You love me so much to die on a cross. Thank you for leaving the comfortable heaven to come to a broken place to fix a broken world, fix my broken heart, forgive my sin. From this day on, help me know you and follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing grace. All across this place, if you meant business with God today, you prayed that prayer for the first time or you really felt like you needed to surrender afresh and new to God all across this place. Would you raise your hand and raise it up high, just long enough and high enough for me to see it? Thank you, sir. Thank you. There's others raising their hands. That's awesome today. Been proud of you, sir. Anyone else today? Raising your hand. Thank you, Lord. Father, you can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, Church Alive. Can we give Jesus... A hand clap. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand clap? Can we rejoice 
in the Lord for a moment. Come on, let's rejoice in the Lord for His goodness and His kindness and His love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Valani, what's next, honey? To follow Jesus, we would love to give you this book, Following Jesus, on the Next Steps counter on your way out. For those watching online, go ahead and text Connect 7 to 97000. And if you would like to receive prayer, our prayer team will be out in front. We'll be up here in front uh, for that. And hey, we love you, and we can't wait to see you next week. See you, church.